thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled An Unstoppable Movement. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18 that he would build his church and nothing, not even the gates of hell, would be able to stop it. Here at New Hope, we're experiencing exactly what Jesus so clearly promised about his church. The gospel is spreading. The word of God is being preached all over the world. And God is using his people to advance his unstoppable kingdom in the Carolinas, Kenya, and around the world. So let's dial in as we listen to the Word of God preached from our senior pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly. How we doing? I'm good? There's a great spirit in the house of God today. Amen? And um, I hope that just blessed you. And I hope singing that song like that fired you up. And if it didn't, beloved, your wood is wet. Um, may ask because it's been raining this morning. Hey, you guys came to the right service, though. The sun popped out. Amen? So good to see it. Hey, I got to say this because we're kind of out of room and people are still trying to get in here. It's a new year. And in the new year, we typically do what? Form new habits. And uh, I just want to throw this out there. I just need to lob it out there. If it lands with you, please take it and run with it. We have a coffee house worship celebration at 11 a.m. They're meeting upstairs right now in the student ministry center. But we also have an 845 worship celebration and a 1245 worship celebration. And uh, we're at that point again. This is not new to us. This happens quite often. We, we, need, we need about 100 of you, maybe, to, to go to another service. And the service times, again, are 845. 12.45, or at the, if you like this 10.45, 11 o'clock time slot, there is a coffee house upstairs. You just go up there, 11 o'clock, free coffee, and uh, it's a great, great venue. If you would like to do that for the sake of the vision, that would be awesome. Love to, love to um, have you do that. Hey, I got some really big news for you today. I got several really important introductions, and I'm so excited about this. Most of you know that we have a campus in Kenya. Thika Town, right outside of Nairobi, Thika Town. We started a campus there uh, a year ago, and you hear us talk about them every Sunday as I welcome them to the stream and all of that kind of stuff. But you've never met their pastors. And today you get to meet three of them. The other pastors are still on site because they're having church, so big shout out to them. But I want to introduce to you pastors Joshua and Glory, Gloria and Moses. Just have them come right on up, or actually, they're coming back here. Would you give it up for them and welcome our Kenya pastors? Yeah. Well done, you hope. So, this is Pastor Gloria. Everybody say, hey, Gloria. This is Pastor Joshua, but don't say, hey, Joshua. I like to call him, and he likes this, a Zeke. Everybody say, a Zeke. Or Pastor Z. Everybody say, hey, Moses. Hey, Moses. Moses, I like that. All right, you can be seated. Thank you for honoring them. I love you, New Hope. That is so awesome. Let me tell you a little bit about them, okay? Let me tell you first about Joshua and Gloria. Both were born and grew up in Nairobi. They both have Bible and theology degrees from Pan-Africa uh, Christian College. They've been serving in ministry since 1995, ordained as pastors with the Nairobi Chapel and serving in different churches in the Nairobi area. They've been married 14 years. 14 years, and they have two sons, Wima and Kimi. Wima and Kimi, beautiful, beautiful family. Met them all, been over there with them, love them very much. Let me tell you about Moses. 
Well, see, Moses kind of led the people. No, just kidding. (laughs) Moses was also born in Nairobi. He was a pastor for uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, which, as you know, we have that in in this area. And uh, it's a great movement of God. He's worked in the Kenya area at Trinity Chapel in Mombasa before coming to Thikatown, Nairobi area and joining the New Hope team as our student pastor and as part of the launch team. Moses is married to, I can't make this up, this is awesome, Ruth. Since 2008, and they have one son, Juwabu, who is four, and twin daughters, Taylee and Faraju, who's two years old, and they have a boy, or yeah, a son that is to be born in February. And I'm suggesting that they name him Abraham. And the next one, Jacob. And if you have a third, Isaac. Hey, love this group of people. And on behalf of New Hope, thank you for being our leaders on the ground for one year. Thank you for all that God is doing through you. And we're so excited. The, the second introduction batch that I have today, we just got all kind of good news, is I have the unbelievable privilege right now of introducing to you our new Connections Pastor. Most of you know we've had kind of a, a national search going on for many, many months, and uh, we wait until we find the best and we try to hire the best, and uh, I believe God has blessed New Hope once again with favor, and uh, we now get to share and celebrate as I introduce to you our new Connections Pastor. Pastor Jared and Shauna Wilkins. Would you give it up for this beautiful family? Let me take that for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. So, Pastor Jared is joining our glo- thank you again for honoring them. You can be seated. Pastor Jared is joining our global leadership team as our connections pastor, which means he'll be senior leader around here, replicating connections and life groups and ministry assimilation at all of our campuses. He will also be a teaching pastor here on staff. Many of you were here maybe about a month ago when you heard him preach and you were wondering then, I wonder if they are interviewing him. Yes, we were. And we hired him and he's on site in one month. Oh, I, before I share a little bit, I want to I show... Do we have pictures of their kids? They were, on, they were up here during the first service, but they've got to go. You know, kids need naps and all. Would you, would you look at these two beautiful little children? Let's go to the next one. Look at that little boy. <laughs> That's awesome. Let me tell you a little bit about those... Oh, oh look at the family picture. Y'all are a stunningly beautiful family, if I might say so myself. Uh, Smart man right there. That's a good move right there, bro. Good move. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Jared grew up in Raleigh and got his degree from Western Carolina University in 2004. He served at his dad's church, Wake Chapel Church, for seven years. During that time, he did an an internship at Nairobi Chapel, where they're from. It's a small world, church. Small world. Um... Completed his MDiv, Master's of Divinity degree from Duke University. I was about to take a swig of your water, bro. That's yours. 
I'm so thrilled to have another pastor on staff that went to Duke. But here's the problem. It's not as good as it sounds. He has issues. He is a diehard, dare I say, obnoxious Carolina fan. I am praying for his sanctification. I have wrapped it into his job description that we are in a probationary period. I shall monitor his tweets about Carolina. And he can pour for them all he wants, but you shall not. Thou shalt not talk dirty about Duke. Just kidding. Love this guy. Love this guy. Check it out. Um, got a degree, MDiv from Duke University. In 2012, he moved to Oklahoma where he has been the connections pastor at Victory Church. They've had a long week. He's driven across the country. And uh, here is some really exciting news as well. The kids that you saw, let me share that first. The kids that you saw, uh, they've been married for six and a half years. They've got McKenna and Declan as the two kids that you just saw. And Shauna is due July 15th with their third. With their third. So what I want to do now is is I want to just pray for them. And uh, if you're at the campuses, I want you to join us in prayer. And I want to invite you, listen, if you feel comfortable doing this, do this. Just raise, just lift your hand out toward them. If you don't feel comfortable, that like freaks you out and you think the best place for your hands is in your lap, that's cool. Um, nothing wrong with that, seriously. We all have different ways of praying. But I want to pray that our Kenya team can go back with greater favor and anointing and blessing to take that campus to the next level in 2015. Amen. And I want to pray for Pastor Jared's ministry here as he leads our church in connections. Okay, let's, let's have a holy moment here where we set them apart. Father, I want to thank you for Moses and Pastor Ezek and Pastor Gloria. Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would descend and anoint them for greater levels of ministry. Father, I pray for anointing and favor and protection upon them. Father, I pray that as they go back to Theca Town, Lord, that there would be a fresh anointing upon their life. Father, I pray that from the crowns of their very heads to the soles of their feet, God, that they will go back and represent Jesus Christ in deeper and more powerful and profound ways. Father, I pray that they would shine like light in the midst of darkness, that as they arrive back on the the area there, God, that the spiritual forces of darkness would run from their presence, that Jesus Christ would be all over them. God, I think of Moses when he came down the mountain. They saw the Shekinah glory all over him, and I pray that that same glory and that same light might fill them, God, that when they walk back into Theca Town and they serve at New Hope, Kenya with the other pastors and staff, God, I pray that that same glory would be all over them and that people would know that they have been in the presence presence of almighty God. We thank you for who they are and what they've done. God, I want to thank you and praise you for Shauna and Pastor Jared. God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon these two. Bless this child that is growing inside of Shauna right now, God. Keep the child safe. Keep the mother safe. God, we pray that this child will join their other two children and be world changers for the gospel, Father. I pray that an anointing would fall over them, God, that they would be so filled with the Holy Spirit and their children would grow up and call them blessed and be world changers for the gospel. God, we pray particularly for Pastor Jared. God, use him at this church to take us deeper into discipleship than maybe we have ever been before. 
Anoint him for the task at hand. Use him as he teaches from this stage. And may this family be blessed as a result of being a part of the New Hope Movement. We pray all these things over these five beautiful people. In the name of Jesus Christ, we anoint them, we consecrate them, and we set them apart for ordained gospel ministry under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We pray it in His name and all of God's people set together. Amen and amen and amen. There you go, church. Celebrate. Celebrate. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Amen, amen. I am glad to be here this morning. I thought, okay, are you guys glad to be here? All right. Um, quick thing, I've probably had the best first day of work that anybody could ever have. You know, you get to walk on stage, somebody prays for you, and everybody cheers for you. So if you guys could be back here tomorrow morning at about 9 o'clock, that'll be great if we can continue that too. <laughs> no, uh, I'm a little serious, but no, I'm not. Uh, no, so glad to be here today. Um, everybody repeat after me and say Community. The power of one. The power of one. There we go. One more time. Community. Community. The power of one. Um, Aristotle, he said this. He said the whole is more than the sum of its parts. The whole is more than the sum of its parts. And so there's an understanding that when each individual, although we may be gifted, we can do something greater when we come together. Um, I firmly believe that this quote uh, hits at the heart of, of what it means to be in Christian community. Uh, because when we really begin to come together, how many know that we can really become an unstoppable force? Amen? An unstoppable force. Obamanu goes in motion right to left. Turn and handle into left side. Finds a little bit of a hole. Keeps his legs moving. He's across the 40. Midfield. 45. He's on the run list. 40. Pushes the man. 35. Look at him go. He's down to 20. 15. He's going to go. He is going to go. Touchdown Seahawks! Oh my word! A 67-yard run! Marshawn Lynch! Unbelievable! He must have knocked five guys down on the way to the end zone! The beast is alive and well! One quick caveat, I'm not a Seahawks fan. Let me go ahead and make that clear. Uh, I am Team Panthers all the way got a few people who know the light and understand the Lord and his giftings. Um, but I actually wrote this sermon two weeks ago before they even played. And so I still, I still feel it as a good thing to, to what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, he's probably one of my favorite backs. And when he goes, like they said, beast mode, he's really hard to stop. Uh, you saw like how he knocked that guy back about five yards and he made his way. Where? To the end zone. He made it to his goal. But no matter how good he is as an individual, if it was not for the community that was with him, there's no way he would have made it to the end zone. Amen? So now this is what I understand from that, is that no matter how good we are individually, we need a little bit of help to make it to where we need to go in God. Uh, now watch this. Like I said, Marshawn Lynch is really good. But guess what? If there was no center to hike the ball to the quarterback, to pass it off to Marshawn Lynch. Guess what? There's no touchdown. There's no touchdown without all of that. And so when I think about that example, about how he can be so unstoppable, it's really because of the people around him when they come together and they begin to act as one. Everybody repeat after me and say one. one. Uh, the Bible often talks about being one. Uh, when I say one, 
What I simply mean is that we're unified and that we are together in a single-minded purpose. Uh, in Genesis, it says what? It says man shall not be alone. Uh, it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, also, it says this, not in Genesis, but later in Scripture. It talks about a man that finds the wife, findeth the what? Good thing, and that he also finds favor with God. So all the women, wives, raise your hand and tap your husband and say, I'm your favorite. Treat me right. <laughs> And the thing about this is that it talks about man clinging. And also Acts chapter 2, uh, it talks about the Holy Spirit comes upon the 120 after they are on one accord. And finally, in the book of John, uh, chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus prays this. He says this, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who also believe in me through their word, that they may all be one even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that there may be, that they may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus' prayer was for that all the believers will be one unstoppable community. Now, there's a, a scripture that's really close to my heart, and we're going to read that this morning. Uh, in my home church, we read this every single weekend, uh, week in and week out, Psalms 133. So if you have your Bibles or iPads or something, swipe to it, turn to it. Uh, If you see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're not in the right space. Uh, Flip back a little bit to your left. But I'm going to go ahead and read it. I'm going to take my time on this. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard. Coming down upon the edge of his robes, it is like the dew of Hermon coming down from the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forever. This is behold how good and how pleasant it is when when we're together, when we are in unity. It's it's interesting that it utilizes uh, this blessing. uh, The the, the pouring of the anointing oil uh, is put upon a priest. In this thing, but it actually began here. Um, shepherds uh, used to put oil on their sheep. Uh, what they would do is they would pour it on their heads and it would come down. They would put it in their eyes and they would put it in their nostrils, put it in their mouths and everything. And the reason was this, is that because there was a coming season where locusts and bugs would fly throughout the land. And what the oil would do is it would protect the sheep from getting the lice and the getting the, the bugs in their eyes and in their orifices. Because what happens is when they get in there, it begins to slowly destroy them from the inside out. And so what this is, this is what I see from this, is that when we join together in community, it is like that same kind of anointing and that same kind of protection um, that will begin to protect us every single day, day in and day out. You see, I I, I love the imagery of this precious oil. Um, It's not only that, but it's also the purpose of consecration and setting us apart. And so when we are in unity and when we are together, what it is doing and what it's saying is that, hey, God is going to protect you while you're in community. There's nothing that's going to be able to stop you. And this is why it's so important that we are together. Everybody say unity. Now say this. Say isolation. Okay. Isolation, this is what the enemy really loves. He doesn't like us to be together. He likes us to be separated. Uh, I think uh, 1 Peter uh, describes the enemy as this. It says, He's a roaring lion, a roaring lion. Now, 
Lions are the epitome of a killing machine. Uh, sharp teeth, big claws, big hands that can swipe you, and they weigh about 400 pounds, the males, when they get full grown, about 400 pounds. Uh, but the thing about this is, no matter how big they are and strong they are, they don't like to fight fair. Lions don't like to fight fair. This is what they do, is they, they go into a community and they try to isolate one particular piece of prey. And when that prey is isolated, all of them come together and they bounce on them and they eat them and they're slow and they eat it and they, they bite it and they basically end up killing it. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, arch enemies of the lion is the Cape Buffalo. Uh, Cape Buffalo is about 1,500 pounds of mean beef. Um, mean. Uh, I remember I was in a safari uh, at Mboseli when I was in Kenya and uh, the, the, the driver was telling us this. He said, hey, it's not the lions that we have to worry about when we're in here. He said, it's actually the Cape Buffalo because they'll actually ram our trucks. He says, uh, the, the lions, they'll kind of leave us alone. Why? Because we're bigger than them. Uh, but the Cape Buffalo will actually charge you. And so what they do is a lion in its right mind is not going to run into the middle of a community of Cape Buffalo. Why? Because they know that if the community, if they go in the middle of a community, they're going to get stampeded. They're going to get run over. And so no matter how strong we think the enemy is, guess what? He's not going to come in the middle of your community. He's going to wait until you get isolated, and he's going to try to isolate you so that you can be by yourself. But how many of you know that this is why Christ wants us to come together? Because in that, there's protection, there's community, there's growth. There's a lot of things that happen when we begin to come together on one mind and on one accord. You see, people who are united for the sake of the kingdom ultimately become unstoppable communities. And today we're going to talk about unstoppable communities. Number one, unstoppable communities produce results. How many of you guys like to see results? Results. I like to see results. That's why I like to vacuum. You see, when I vacuum, I immediately see, man, I'm, I'm, it's dirty. Now it's clean. One instant. Oh, I'm good at vacuuming too, guys. Like, I got the lines good to where I go diagonally here so you can see the triangle. You know what I'm talking about, those, those people who have that vacuum anointing like myself, that you can do some cool things with vacuuming. Um, but I like to see results. And, and this is what I'm talking about. Um, you see here the Tower of Babel. We're going to talk about that story real quick. Um, Genesis chapter 11 is going to be again in verse 11. And it says this, Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. It came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and they used tar for mortar. They said, come, let us build for ourselves. Look that, build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, it will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. The Lord said, behold, once again, behold, they are one people and they all have the same language. And this, what they began to do, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible to them. How many of you know when you really get on one mind and one accord, nothing is impossible for you to accomplish? Now, it's interesting, this verse in the book of Genesis, it's crazy. Uh, first of all, you know, the, 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 um, the earth was just destroyed in chapter 9. Flood, 
And like two chapters later, they're already up here trying to build themselves up again. I'm like, first of all, that's crazy, guys. Realize that you're not going to win that battle. Number two is like, how in the world can they fathom to build a tower to heaven? They have no um, they have no mechanical tools like we have. There are no cranes. There's no scientific this and that. But they still manage to begin to build something up to heaven. Guess what? Scripture says when you are on one accord, what you, what you want to accomplish, you will eventually accomplish. You see, the, th- the thing about it is this. I, 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 like I said, I like solutions. Um, there are people who are filled with problems and there are people who are filled with solutions. Uh, I like the people who are filled with solutions because we usually uh, make a way out of no way. And so these people, they came together on one accord. Now imagine what we can do. If these people who really weren't of God can come together and do something amazing, imagine with us through the power of the Holy Spirit what we can do when we come together in Christian community, what we can accomplish in these cities. Amen? Amen. Cool. Number two, unstoppable communities. Provoke, provoke the gifts of their members. Everybody say gifts. Gifts. Um, now, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little vulnerable. My favorite basketball player of all time is Michael Jordan. I'll say that. There we go. Uh, right now, it's Kobe Bryant. Okay, all right. Make sure nobody threw something. I like Kobe Bryant, but guess what? I don't want a team of Kobe Bryant's. Why? Because nobody will pass the ball, first of all. And number two, he he has a great skill set, but it's one specific skill set. When we start talking about groups and communities, God loves to use the diversity of the gifts that he has. And so when we're in groups and we're in life groups, there are going to be individuals who have different skill sets. But guess what? With all those skill sets, you can accomplish so much more than if you have a team of just yourself. Watch this. It says, and he gave some apostles. And he gave some prophets, and he gave some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of of Christ. When we are in community constantly, what we do is we build each other up. We make each other better. We, we accomplish so much more than we can by ourselves. You see this in my hand. What am I holding up? Five. There we go. My hand can do some damage. Your hand can do some damage. But guess what? Your fist can do a whole lot more damage than your hand. So I look at my fingers and each one of them can do something. I play the piano. I grew up playing the piano. I can't play the piano like this. Don't try that. But when my fists come together and these hands and all these giftings come together, I'm able to ram some things. I'm able to accomplish some more things. I'm able to drive forward some things. And so when we as a Christian community begin to come together under the spirit of God with all our giftings, we can begin to run through the city and we can begin to accomplish some things that we can't do on our own. And finally, not finally, but one more thing is this. Unstoppable communities, they exude boldness. They're up against 15 hungry lions. But if they act as one, they might just intimidate the lions and push them off their kill. They make their move. 
Self-confidence is everything. This is the ultimate face-off. Suddenly, the lions back off. Rakita has just minutes before the lions realize it's a bluff. In a matter of seconds, he butchers the haunch of the wildebeest and they beat a hasty retreat. <laughs> I know what's going to happen at the end of the video and my heart's beating every time. Like, I know it's going to happen, but it, it, it's crazy because the, uh, the commentator, was say, he said this. He says that if they can come together as one, if they can come together as one, they can take food from the lions. Now, now this is a caveat. Um, all campuses, please don't go to the Asbury Zoo. And jump into the cage and say, man, uh, man, Pastor Jerry was preaching. I saw this video and no, don't. Um, please don't. Um, and I was, uh, I was informed, actually, this is the Dorobo tribe in Kenya, actually, who, who did this. And if we can come together as one, there's nothing that we can't face. If we come together as one, there is nothing that can stand against us. Because like I said, with those lions, they will fight you individually. But when there's a community, they're, they're, they're going to back off for a bit. And it's the same way with the enemy, that if we come together and we touch and agree, there's nothing that is going to stand against us. Everybody go like this for a moment. You see, this is a sign of unity. This is a sign of togetherness. And if you take your hands and you put them out like this, what you see if your hands are together tightly is that there is no gaps. There are no gaps in between your fingers. And see, when there are no gaps, what it does is that there's no space for any disunity to begin to start. You can take your hands apart, but I'm going to keep mine together for the message. I mentioned this, that the anointing oil in the community was for the sheep. It was poured on their heads. And what it did is it protected them from the bugs. Now, I don't know. Sheep are pretty decent size. They're not huge. They're not humongous. But imagine this, that a piece of uh, one lice can outtake all those sheep. A few bugs can take all those sheep. Why? Because there is no protection if there is no oil. And if there is no community in our lives, there is no oil in our lives. And if there's no oil in our lives, guess what? We have no protection. This is why we have life groups week in and week out. It's to form this tight bond, this community that we have. So what? So there is protection from anything that comes our way. 
You see, I want to encourage you all this morning is that it is so important for us to be locked in step together. Why? Because in these moments, there's protection. In these moments, there's provision. And in these moments, there is growth. In unstoppable communities, what they do is they grow. And I'm going to read this uh, Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to start at verse 43. It says, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. You see, right here, there is provision in the community. Day by day, continuing with one mind. There it is again, one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number daily. He added to their number every single day of the week. Why? Because there was a powerful sense of community. Day by day, he added to their number. And here's one thing I want to say, is that the early church faced a few different things than we face here today. The early church was under heavy persecution from the Roman Empire. What do I mean by that? Well, one of the first emperors over the church was, was Nero. And now this, I'm just say a side note. Nero was crazy with a K. R-A-Z-Y. Nero was crazy enough to where he killed his own mother. How did he do it? He said, hey, mom, I love you so much. I'm paraphrasing. Um, I love you so much. I want you to come take this trip. So he had a boat built for her. But what he really did is the boat was built to fall apart. So when the boat fell apart, she actually didn't die. So they took her to the side and they had about six other guys kill her. This is the guy who is causing havoc in the Christian communities. After him, you had domination. Years later, you had Diocletian. There was severe persecution. But in spite and in the face of persecution, the church still grew. In spite of the face of persecution, God says, I'm still going to add to your number daily. Why? Because you all are in community. And when you are in community, there is nothing that is going to stop you. Let me ask you a question. This is about community. This is why we have life groups. It's to build us up. It's to build each individual up. I'll use my lovely wife as an example. My wife is ultra, ultra organized. I am not at all. I thank God for her because of that. Why? Because where I am weak, she is strong. And at parts, if it wasn't for her, there are some parts of my life that would definitely fall all the way apart. But guess what? Because we have a sense of community, we're better together. Now imagine this, if you have a community that is praying for the schools in your area. You have a life group that's praying for the administration of the school districts, of the city, of the town, of the state, of the nation, of the world. Praying that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Imagine how the communities would begin to change the world. 
You see, the Spirit of God wants to come in. But he's only going to come in when there's order. And in community, there's order. In community, there's amazing things that can happen. In community, I am better. Why? Because there's someone beside me who can help me do life. There's someone beside me who, where I'm weak, they're strong. There's there's a teammate that I have that I can throw an alley-oop to and they can make the basket. Why? Because the defender was blocking me, but I tossed it up and they made the basket. That's what life is like when we begin to come together. And when we come together in unity, just as the scripture says, Psalm 133, is that there's an anointing that is put upon that group. There's an anointing like no other. There is anointing that will change the city, it'll change the state, it'll change the nation, and it will change the world. But it begins with us stepping up and being in groups. Because in these groups is where you're going to get fed. Let me ask you a question. Uh, How many of y'all like to eat? Everybody, that's what I thought. I like to eat too. I like to eat more than once a week. Since I like to eat more than once a week, guess what? Somebody has to go to the grocery store, got to cook something, got to take time to make it, or I can go to Bojangles. Garner Kepes. But if we just come to church on Sundays and we don't do life outside of that, that's like eating once a week. And if you're eating once a week, guess what's going to happen? Eventually, your faith life is going to become weak. Your faith life will become frail. And you won't have the ability to do life in the right kind of way if you're not connected outside of Sunday morning. Imagine this. We have tons of people who come to the church every weekend. And if everybody decided today, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be in a life group, there are not enough leaders to, to, to make that happen. So this is what I want to do. 2015 is a new year. I want to encourage you. Maybe God is impressing on your heart to lead here. We will help you along the way so you can partner with us in what God is doing here in the city. So I want to encourage you all, depending on where you're at in your life, especially if you call New, church, New, New Hope Church your home. If you're a guest and you're visiting, it's cool. Still checking us out, you're cool. But if you call New, New Hope Church your home, I want to encourage you, get involved in community. Why? Because when we're together, we really are unstoppable. Why do you bow your heads for a moment? God, in your mercy and your grace, we give you thanks and praise. And we know there is power when we come together. We know there's power when we touch and agree. We know there's power in community. And so today, we give our heart and our mind to you right now. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice right now and you've been, you've been checking it out. You've been trying to figure out what your next step is going to be. And maybe you want to give your life to Christ today. I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe you're here right now. And you've been coming to New Hope one Sunday, two Sundays. Maybe it was even 100 Sundays. 
And today is the day that you say, I want to step up and I want to live in community because I want to live that full life, that spirit-filled life with other believers so that we can take the city. Maybe you're here and you're just coming back. You've been gone for a while and you want to rededicate your heart. You can do that right now. Now everybody simply repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. Take all of me. Take all of me and mold me into your image. All of you, Lord, and none of me is where I want to be. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. And our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.